You're listening to Planet Now. I'm Abby. And I'm Nagisa. We've got some exciting stories to share with you today, and make sure you stay tuned until the end to test your knowledge about the environment with a little planet quiz, and also to discover some amazing fact about our nature by hearing this week's Planet Wonder. For those who are interested, a transcript's available for free on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the episode's description. So without further ado, let's get started with our first story. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about Christmas. Around the world, we're starting to put up Christmas lights and Christmas trees. Shops are already selling their annual decorations or wrapping paper, and kids are writing their Christmas wish list while adults are running from one shop to another to find this year's gifts. Christmas is a time of joy, celebration, and a lot of stress, let's be honest. But just like Thanksgiving or Halloween, Christmas is also a time when our environmental impact tends to increase a lot. Between all the gifts and decorations, the wrapping paper that ends up in the trash, the Christmas tree that we dump after the festivities, and the massive meals, the holiday season can take a toll on the planet. Originally, Christmas is a Christian holiday, but these last few decades, it's turned more and more into a commercial holiday, celebrated by about half the world's population, often regardless of religion. But there's a lot that can be done to decrease our impact during this period of time. One of the main contributors to environmental degradation during this holiday season is excessive waste. For instance, in the United States, according to the Environmental Protection Agency, the amount of household waste increases by a quarter between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. This waste includes food scraps, packaging materials and discarded decorations. On top of that, the energy consumption during this time also rises due to the increased use of lights. So what can be done to prevent all this waste? Well, it's not much of a surprise that most of our waste comes from Christmas gifts. On top of the emissions due to production and transportation, a lot of gifts are returned or discarded, which makes things even worse. Every year, the shipping process for returns emits about 16 million metric tonnes of CO2. And according to the Environmental Capital Group, almost £6 billion of returned items end up in landfills every year. Fortunately, there are many ways to avoid this. Yes, for example, we can prioritise products made of sustainable materials, avoid items wrapped in plastic, choose durable and reusable items, things like upcycled clothes, toys made out of wood, a yoga mat made of natural rubber, eco-friendly camping gear or solar-powered charger, or even a reusable drinkware or a canvas tote bag. And by purchasing products made locally, we reduce the carbon emissions associated with transportation and also strengthens the local economy. And instead of physical gifts, we can also opt for experiences, things like concert tickets, cooking classes or spa vouchers. Or why not consider donating to a charity? Exactly. Actually, I was asking a friend the other day what he was going to get for his family for Christmas, and he told me that they don't give each other presents. Instead, they choose a charity to donate to. And last year, for instance, they donated to a national park in Africa that protects gorillas. And for people who still want to offer gifts, there's also another way to reduce waste during Christmas. It's to avoid traditional wrapping paper. Most often, traditional wrapping paper cannot be recycled due to its glossy finish or glitter content. And you might be thinking that wrapping paper is not such a big deal, but actually, each year, the equivalent of 50,000 trees is used to wrap gifts. So instead, we can use recycled paper without glossy finishes, or newspapers, old maps, or reusable fabric wraps that can be used again year after year. And to add a unique touch to our gifts, we can decorate them with dried leaves or sprigs of evergreen. And we can replace plastic tape or traditional ribbons with natural materials like twine or bamboo strings. And when it comes to decoration, we can shop more mindfully. 
we can ask ourselves simple questions. Do I really need this? Is it going to last or is it going to be discarded right after Christmas? What impact on the environment did this object have when it was produced? Is it made from sustainable materials or not? And to decorate our home during the Christmas season, we can opt for a nature-inspired decor, using pine cones, acorns or dried flowers to create beautiful centrepieces or wreaths. And for families, it could be a great opportunity to teach children about eco-friendly practices and to strengthen their connection with nature. Collecting materials for decorations is a great chance to have a nice walk in nature and then engage children in crafting decorations. Another thing that gets discarded by the end of the season is the advent calendar. And so a clever alternative is to purchase a reusable advent calendar. And of course they're going to be more pricey, but on the long term it's actually less expensive. Buy it once and, you know, you can use it for years and years. Actually, I have my own reusable advent calendar. I've had it for the last five or six years and it's in the shape of Santa and it's so great. Honestly, I love it. Anyway, if you want to decorate with some Christmas lights, choosing LED lights instead of incandescent lights will not only decrease your carbon footprint, but also reduce your electricity bills. According to Clean Air Partnership, which is an environmental organisation, LED lights can use up to 95% less electricity than traditional lights. Another way to reduce your bills and your impact on the planet is to avoid leaving them on all day and all night. As pretty as it might look, it consumes a lot of electricity. And to create a cosy Christmas atmosphere, beeswax or soy candles are a better choice than traditional candles. Traditional candles are often made of petroleum wax, which means that they're releasing hydrocarbons in the air, which is probably not something we want to breathe in. And beyond decorations and gifts, Christmas can also be a time for getting involved in charitable acts and donating toys, clothes or food. And after the celebrations, if you have unwanted gifts, again, think about donating them. Gifts that end up in landfill represent one of the main sources of waste during the season. And of course, let us know in the comments or on Patreon if you have any other nice ideas to make Christmas more sustainable. Maybe we will add it to another episode that we will release in December, where we'll focus on other ways to reduce our impact during this time of year. It's now time for a little planet quiz, and we'll continue on our theme with questions related to plants and trees during Christmas time. So we've got five questions for you. Number one. Since the 19th century, it's been a tradition to hang wreaths on the front door. For those who haven't heard of wreaths before, they're an assortment of things like leaves and flowers made into a circle shape. But so way before that, which events did we use wreaths for? And the answer is that, originally in ancient Rome, wreaths were used as rewards for military successes, and then they were used to crown winners in the Olympic Games. Unlike Christmas wreaths that are made of holly, ivy, pine cones or ribbons, wreaths during ancient Rome were made of laurel or olive branches. Question number two. What's the name of the semi-parasitic plant under which kissing is a part of Christmas tradition? It is the mistletoe. So I tried to find out why kissing under mistletoe has become a Christmas tradition, but there's no real clear answer, just a hypothesis. But it seems to have started during the 18th century in England. And before that, mistletoe was considered as a very special plant. So for instance, Druids believed that it could bring health and good luck, and it was later thought that mistletoe could influence human fertility. And for years, the plant was used in medicine for different treatments. But be careful, because despite this little romantic tradition, mistletoe is poisonous. Okay, this next question is not easy, so if you know the answer, you truly are a Christmas plants expert. So, do you know what hollies are? 
Hollies are these little plants that we often see during Christmas. They have red berries and dark green leaves with sharp spikes. Before becoming a Christmas symbol, which Roman god did Hollies honour? And the answer is Saturn. Holly was sacred during ancient Rome, and the plant was used to honour Saturn, the god of agriculture. And for mythology fans, who is Saturn in the Greek mythology? Nagisa, any guesses? Um, it's um, Cronus. Is that how you say it in English? Cronus? Yeah, Cronus. Cronus. And of course, I didn't have to look this up at all. I, I knew this. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so how did Holly go from honoring Saturn to become a Christmas symbol? Well, at the beginning of the Christian religion in Rome, a lot of Christians were hanging Holly to their homes to avoid being persecuted by Roman authorities. And later the plant became a symbol of Christianity, and that's how it also became a symbol of Christmas. And while they represent a good source of food for birds and other animals, hollies are also toxic for humans. And so now to introduce our next story, our last question is going to be about Christmas trees. In which country is the Christmas tree tradition believed to have started? And the answer is Germany. The Christmas tree tradition is believed to have started in Germany in the 16th century. And what's the reason? Why did we start bringing trees into our homes? Well, apparently, evergreen trees symbolized immortality. They were believed to possess godlike powers. And so to protect homes from the cold winter, the Germanic peoples would bring evergreen trees inside. And as it later spread throughout Europe, the tree became a Christian symbol. So you're going to be able to impress your family and friends with all this Christmas knowledge. And that's not everything. As we said, we're going to learn a lot more about Christmas trees now and try to answer the eternal Christmas question. Should we get a Christmas tree? And if so, which option is the most environmentally friendly one? The Christmas tree is one of the most beloved festive traditions to spruce up this time of year. But in recent years, our demand for Christmas trees has soared. About 35 million are sold within the US every year and 55 million in Europe. So that makes us wonder, when it comes to environmental impact, are real or artificial trees better for the planet? Well, the answer to that depends on a few factors. First up, let's look at carbon footprint. Real Christmas trees generally have a smaller carbon footprint than fake trees. Their average footprint is around 3.5 kilograms of carbon dioxide. But if they're not disposed of properly after Christmas, and they end up in landfill, they will decompose and release methane, which is a very potent greenhouse gas. So that makes their footprint jump up to about 16 kilograms of carbon dioxide. So a better way to dispose of them is to use a wood chipper or a bonfire. Fake trees, on the other hand, usually have a much higher carbon footprint. On average, it's about 40 kilograms of carbon. So to make your artificial tree have less impact than a real one, you're going to need to reuse it for at least 12 years. But there are also other things that are important to think about. Real Christmas trees are biodegradable and can be used for wood or broken down into fertiliser. And during the time they're growing, they can also provide positive benefits for the environment by creating habitats for birds, insects and mammals. That is, if they're not cut down in their young stages before they can reach their full potential for this. Artificial trees are made from plastic, which comes from fossil fuels like petroleum. And unfortunately, plastic isn't biodegradable. And the type used for Christmas trees isn't really recyclable either. So this sort of brings us to the conclusion that buying a real tree is a better option, but there's still other things that we need to take into account. 
You see, the demand to grow Christmas trees can disturb natural ecosystems, because intensive plantations need to use lots of water, pesticides and fertilizers, especially if they are being grown in places where they are not native. Often, Christmas trees are grown in a monoculture, which is when just one single type of tree is planted. Monocultures often need more fertilizers and pesticides, because they don't have the protection of other species around them, so they are more vulnerable. A higher variety of species encourages better nutrient cycling and a balanced ecosystem. So are there any solutions for Christmas trees to be less impactful? Well, there are a few good ideas. When you're buying a real tree, if possible and affordable, you could choose an organic one to make sure there's been no use of chemical fertilizers or pesticides. Supporting these kind of Christmas tree farms helps to keep that land as a green space where birds or insects can live, instead of being turned into other things that are far worse for the environment, like a parking lot, for example. And if we want to buy an artificial tree, we can look to buy secondhand. This means it's been used more times, so it reduces its carbon footprint, and it also prevents it from going to landfill. Of course, if we already have an artificial tree, we can make sure to use it as long as we possibly can, and taking good care of our trees will help with this. Another option is to buy a living tree that's in a pot. There's a great scheme in London where you can rent a Christmas tree in a pot and return it to the growers after Christmas is finished. It keeps growing during the year and can be used again the next year. And when they get too big to fit inside a house or to stay in a pot, they are replanted into the ground at a nearby farm. And if you have a garden, you could also choose to decorate an outdoor tree instead of an indoor one. And that way, it remains living and benefits the environment all year round. And our last suggestion is that if you do buy a real tree, you could reuse the trunk after Christmas by turning it into a decorative piece for your or someone else's garden. The deadwood makes a great habitat for birds and insects instead of it ending up in landfill. Every week we finish with a pretty amazing fact about our planet. A little planet wonder. If there is one animal that we always think about at Christmas time, it has to be the reindeer. And while in real life they might not be able to fly, they still have some pretty impressive traits. Of course, they're highly adapted to living in cold environments. Their fur is designed to trap air, which acts as insulation to keep them warm. Also, their feet are divided into two sections, which spreads their weight over a bigger area. This helps to stop them from sinking into soft snow when they are walking on it. And that's quite useful, because they spend about 40% of their lives on the snow. Actually, that reminds me of the Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, and uh, elves have the same capacity to walk on snow without sinking into it like Legolas does in the first movie. Anyway, uh, when reindeers are grazing, one of their favorite food is lichen, which is a small plant that looks a bit like moss, and elves don't eat this, um, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> of course not. Um, and what I think is really cool about reindeers is that the females can actually grow antlers, just like the males can, which sounds normal, but they're the only species of deer that can do this. We hope you've enjoyed spending this little time with us. If you would like to support our work, please consider becoming one of our Patreons. For as little as the price of a coffee, you can make it possible for us to keep sharing positive and important stories about our planet. We run this podcast in our free time, so your support really means a lot to us. Another great way to help is to follow our podcast, share it with your close ones, or also comment on your podcast platform and leave a five-star review. These all seem like small things, but it helps us to gain visibility, which means more people can hear these inspiring stories. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.